You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. When we start talking about money, as we have been, uh, we have to remember that this is, a, this is a part of our life, that, that, that when the disciples prayed, give us today our daily bread, they weren't ignoring the realities of money. They were thinking about money, power, and possession. So what I find interesting, and we said this last week, is we don't often talk about this in church because it seems weird. But Jason said something with Jamie um, and did they do great last week for who were here? Like Jamie, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I told Jamie and Jason that I kept getting text messages from you that how great, like how meaningful it was. And I said it wasn't that good. And, um, but, they, but they kept saying, like people were saying it. And I was like, it really wasn't. Um, and then I was like, why don't you say that when I just preach? And then it, it was like silence. Nobody texted me back. It was really weird. Um, no, but it was really, it was really, it was really good. Um, that, what mic is that? What does it say? Okay, that's prayer mic. Okay, um, so, so Jason said something that I wanted to make sure we spent time to talk about as a follow-up within this series, and I felt like it made sense for him to talk about this after we remember that the Lord's Prayer encompasses all things. So the application for you today is going to be to take what he talks about and situate it within the Lord's Prayer. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right, since you prepared. <laughs> um, you said something last week about the technical side of money. Yeah. Let's talk about the technical side of money and what it actually means now. Let's get down to Jason, the financial advisor. Okay. Um, so it, it, there's really two ways you can take it. Like you can spend a whole lot of time on finance blogs and researching online, and some of us do that, right, um, to learn about, you know, how what the Fed is doing and how that affects interest rates and that whole side of it, right? Or you could learn a little bit more on the technical side of why we make decisions. Yeah that we do with money. And honestly, if you're jumping into more of the, the, the backdoor monetary policy nerdy stuff and you're not understanding, well, why does our brain lead us into certain directions, right? What's that instinctual reaction? You're kind of missing the point. So how long have you been a financial advisor? Uh, 16 years. 16 years. So you sat with clients from all walks of life. Oh, yeah. Uh, clients who are barely trying to get by, clients who have an abundance mm-hmm. and everything in between, yep. right? You are managing money for people who are in their late years of life and people mm-hmm. who are in their brand new early years of life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you, so you have, so I want to say this because I think the view matters. He has this view of a landscape of people from all sorts of walks of life. So you're coming at this from um, a well, I, I would say you're coming at this from a well-studied view. Mm-hmm. So then let's talk about that. So what's up with our mind and money and why, why is it our relationship with money oftentimes uh, uh, is lacking? Well, I, I think it, it, part of it is um, how, well, really the main thing is what do, you, what do you view money is, Okay. right? So like some people view money as a gift, right? And they treat it accordingly. Some people treat money, uh, view money as a burden, right? Some people view money as a tool, right? And other people view money as status. Okay. Right? Ooh. So I think that like baseline viewpoint. So gift, burden, mm-hmm. tool, status. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, you could probably get more in the weeds in that, but that, oh, would be the, that would be the quick one. So if you view money as a gift, for instance, you're, th- those people tend to be more generous. Okay. Right? If you view money as status, well, those are the people that typically chase material possessions, right? 
the the burden side of it is probably the most interesting because those people tend to come into money through means that they would not normally pick, right? And so then the conversation of money becomes uncomfortable, okay. right? And going back to the Lord's Prayer, I think that's where God gives us the tools to kind of recenter, yeah, or at least hopefully practice recentering, you know, where we're coming from. Yeah. So if you had a word to give based on last week and mm -hmm. based on what you've been thinking about all week and what we were kind of riffing on just in text messages, what's a word you would give to us in light of this series that you feel would be helpful? Oh, wow, man. Um, just one word? No, you can go. I mean, we got a little bit of time. All right. Um, so the, the first thing I would do is, you know, understand that money is a sensitive subject for everybody. Some people have enough. A lot of us don't have enough, right? Um, so knowing that everybody comes from this from a slightly different background and, and available resources, I think the big thing that you have to do first and foremost is really challenge yourself. Are, is your money going where God wants it to and where you want it to, right? The world has a way of kind of stealing money out of our pockets, right? I mean, show of hands, how many people actually go through their bank account on a monthly basis? Wow. All right. All right. Nice. And how many people of those people that do that? Notice I didn't raise my hand. Right. <laughs> my wife did, though. She did. She did. <laughs> like, well, I want to say she did. she did. How many how many of y'all actually like categorize your spending? All right. So we were shrinking a little bit. Right. And how many of those have the conversation with maybe our other half? about those categories and where that money went. And maybe we need to re-steer that. And then before you answer, and how many of you really want to have that conversation, right? Yeah, so, so assuming we're in a scenario yeah. where we have a partner. Yeah, okay. so you, you go through all that stuff and you say, oh, you know, I, I, didn't, I only want to spend X amount of dollars going out to eat. And you find that you spent double, right? That's a common category of people overspent. This is kind of what I mean by that, it is, is really making sure that you're cutting, kind of putting barriers up around your life to keep the world from getting into your checkbook too much. So do you feel like those barriers come from how we view the money then? So you said gift, mm -hmm. burden, mm -hmm. tool, mm -hmm. and status. Mm -hmm. So I guess the first question I would ask each one of us is how do we see it? Do you see it as gift? And you have to be honest with this. Does your spending habits reflect? Does your giving habits reflect? We can say a lot of things. Remember, like the Lord's Prayer, we can say it and not really get into it. So is it, when I, look at my, when I look at my monthly expenditures and I look at my generosity, is it gift, is it burden, is it tool, or is it status? Mm -hmm. So that would be a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. So we have to measure then why we do what we do. What do you find is behind that mindset, um, behind those mindsets? I mean, you mentioned gift, and you mentioned how people who see it are generally more generous. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's probably familial first and foremost. Um, our own personal stories probably have a big impact on that. Which you and Jamie illustrated that well last yep, week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think um, who you surround yourself with as well. Okay. So the um, company you keep. Yeah. Okay. Is God putting the right people in your life? Right. Are you choosing the right people in your that's life? That's a good, yeah, that's yeah. a good one too. Um, you know, the, the other thing I would say too, is that um, if you notice, in, in, in my opinion, not to dig too much into your profession but you know the bible talks not about right get there yeah do it who you know <clears throat> bible doesn't tell us what kind of car we should buy right or what kind of clothes we should wear the bible in my opinion tells us to do really one thing with our money which is to give right so it kind of gives you an idea of what god's perspective of money is 
yeah. right? And so then if that's the case, does your, does your perspective align with God's, yeah. right? Um, if you view money as a status, and again, in my opinion, I think that's probably the, the single most damaging viewpoint because you're just, you're just chasing something you're never going to catch. Chasing smoke. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And chasing approval. Right. There's a lot of psychology behind. There's behind a that tremendous action, amount. Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's not the approval of others. It's the approval of ourselves. Ah, right. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, that's where a lot of people make mistakes. You know, there's an interesting stat um, and I can give you my sources if you need it. But about a third of cars traded in over the past two years were underwater. So just put your, you know, just think about that for a minute. Right. What do you mean when you say underwater? So it's worth less than what you owe on it. And so people took that car and they went to the dealership and they bought a new car when they still owed less on, right? So you can kind of see how this snowball effect, right, starts to work against you. And then so then you have to say, well, why did why did they buy that car if they already owed more than what it's worth? Why would they go buy another car? I'm sure a portion of them it was unnecessary. Maybe that car that they owned wasn't reliable and they needed to get to work, right? I'm sure there's a portion of that. But if we're being honest, that new car with the new shiny rims probably played into it as well, right? So you you got to kind of really check yourself a little bit on that and be honest with yourself. So does that get in the way of understanding the need to, um, let's talk about Wesley's language, earn Mm -hmm. all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Mm -hmm. That's for those who are visiting. That's been the phrase that we've taken in through this series is earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Uh, is that what gets, in the, what, what gets in the way of being able to save all we can? Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about give all we can, mm-hmm. and we've talked a lot about earn all we can. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't talked a whole lot about save all we can. Yeah. Um, what gets in the way of save all we can? Because I think sometimes Christianity sets up this contrary kind of mind that says, I can't save if, like, I, I, it, I'm hoarding if I save. Because there is the teaching of Jesus when he said, hey, beware of being the guy who had so much grain that he built a storehouse, and then he had still so much grain that he built another storehouse and then died the next day. Mm-hmm. Right? The moral of that story isn't that the guy saved too much. Mm-hmm. The moral of that story is the guy gave too little. Mm-hmm. The guy was grasping and gripping and giving. Yeah. It's not saving that the Bible shuns. It's, hor- it's, it's not giving out of the abundance of what we saved. That's what the Bible shuns. And that phrase we used was, if you're saving for a rainy day but you're not willing to reach into your rainy day for somebody else's rainy day, then we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. So what keeps us, assume, so that, that, that bad Bible teaching aside, sure, sure. what can keep us from saving all we can? I mean, you know, saving's not fun. That's fair. Right? Like, it's not fun. You don't get that immediate dopamine hit when you throw 50 bucks in the savings account, right? <laughs> right? Target is fun, right? Yeah, Target. <laughs> Jamie says nothing right? in church, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but you bring Target up, she's like, amen. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and Jesus. Jesus. So, so I, think, I think you have to, yeah, you, it's okay to just call it what it is, right? Saving's not fun. You know, the other thing too is, is that when you're saving, life has a way of getting in the way of that. And so, you know, inevitably the emergency happens. And so you suck the money back out of the account, hopefully. And then you feel like you're starting over again. And then that feeling of despair, oh, like, that's why am I even doing this to begin with? Raise, right? your hand, raise your hand if that's happening and you felt discouraged for that. Yep. Like you've saved a little bit, something hit, and then you had to type into it. Yeah, yeah. so you gotta, I think you got to understand that it's not fun. It's a long-haul kind of a thing. 
And it's okay that you take a step backwards every now and then. And do you think, though, too, that we have this value to money that says, if I'm only saving $10 a month, listen to my language, mm -hmm. if I'm only saving $10 a month, mm -hmm. somehow that's not enough? Yeah. Because there have been times in my and Allison's life where we only had, I mean, where we could not save. We literally did not have enough extra to save. Yeah. We just did not. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been there. <laughs> and <laughs> then when we did, we had five or ten to save. And we just mm -hmm. didn't see the value in that five or ten to save. Mm -hmm. You know? And that, so, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think that's solid, especially when we live in an Instagram world where, you know, everybody seems to have a Lamborghini, right? Right, right. So, you know, I, it, you, you have to understand that it's not so much about the dollar amount. It's getting into the pattern of it. Oh, that's good. Right? So if you're dieting, for instance, which I'm constantly dieting. I am you too, know, yeah. really. I don't so know about well. you, but I'm not. It's I'm not working am, well. It's I am not awesome well. at it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, if you, if, if you start a diet with the goal that I'm going to lose 30 pounds and you go up a pound and a half at the end of the week, it's easy to just drown your sorrows in cake, right? Which is, or Cheetos. Yeah. yeah. Cheetos. Cheetos. I'm potato chips, man. Potato chips. So I think you have to look at what you can control, you know? So that, that, would, be, that would be what I encourage So it's about the habit. It's, it's about the rhythm. I don't think it's, it's... The habit is one thing. I think it's more about rewiring your brain okay. to find reward in the habit okay does that make sense well talk about that more i like that talk about so that you know if you just get into the habit of something that's great right but are you actually truly enjoying it okay fair so right? so so going back we can pray the lord's prayer because we may get convicted that that's a prayer we should pray but if we just pray through it rather than pray with it which i think is a difference um, then it can just become sort of a mindless, mm -hmm. rote kind of thing, mm -hmm. which habits get a bum deal, I think. Habits get a bum deal. Everybody assumes habits are bad, you know, that they can become lifeless, but habits are life-changing because they are about patterns, mm -hmm. but it's about how slowly you move through mm -hmm. the pattern. Um, so what if you saved $5 a month somewhere, and when you made the transfer online, or when you put it in your jar you gave God thanks and asked God to bless that. Mm. But then you also were willing to spend that for the good of somebody else. And I think that's always the key. Mm -hmm. It's always the key. Is, am I willing to let go of what I've worked hard for and what I've saved genuinely for somebody else's good, even if it zeroes me out? Mm -hmm. like, how, like what's going on inside of me through that process? Mm-hmm. How does that sit with you? No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I view it like this. Um, if, if, if you have the ability to kind of correct your own financial house, like you said before, if I have a rainy day fund, then I'm able to reach into my rainy day fund for somebody else's rainy day, right? And so having sufficient savings and starting on that path, as small as that first step may be, right, is like step number one in being a steward of what God gives us. You know, there's, there's a lot of discussions in the Bible on money, and there are a lot of them on saving, yeah, right? Proverbs 21.5, yeah, right, are. is a perfect example of that. So, again, God's not against saving, encourages to. God's against hoarding, yeah. right? God's against gripping and grasping. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, you know, looking at... Looking at all of this, I think the one thing that seems important is planning. Yeah. So what tools and resources would you suggest that we tap into? What would be some good planning 101 tips? Oh, man. For those oh. of us who are feeling a little bit of conviction and we're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to re-up on $5 a month 
or $500 a month, or $50, whatever the number is, because there is no small, mm-hmm. right? Because everything requires something of us, and that's always something that's big. Um, so for those of us who are a little convicted, what's, what's step number one? So I, I would say step number one is, you, you, you know, My we point. have to have a plan on what, where, our, where our money's going. And so there's one tool particularly, which, which Jamie and I actually use, and it worked really good. It's called WineAb. It's youneedabudget.com. It's 50 bucks, right? So it's not free, which in the world of free stuff seems a little bit expensive. But this tool, the way it's set up, um, helps you kind of track these categories proactively. Um, It's great if you're just starting to scratch out, like what does a monthly cash flow look like? Or even if you have a really solid budget, but you just want to track it a little bit more. Because everything from financial security springs off of being able to manage your cash flow accordingly. So then step one is really make sure you know where you're spending. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what y'all do, but I print out, because I don't have an app like that. So I print out my statement every month, and I have five highlighters, mm-hmm. five or six different colors of highlighters, for real. And I highlight according to category. And then I track that way. Like, that's just a one analog, like, way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, that's laborious compared to to that but i just i find that a little better for me now it takes about an hour Mm -hmm. um but i find that to be more convicting on my level but i think the the automation of that Mm -hmm. is helpful but bottom line is track your spending habits yeah and i would say with that even maybe even before you break out the highlighters or the laptop or whatever um you know list what are what are your priorities you know we all have need to do's and want to do's right so within your need to do's it is what it is to a certain degree but within the want to do's is that money actually going in the list that okay, we yeah. want it to be? And I like that. I like, I like that you bring desire into it because a lot of times, too, we're taught in Christianity that desires are wrong. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> that's not right. Desires are good and beautiful. God gives us desires. Now, when our will is aligned with God's will, then we desire what God wants for us. Mm-hmm. That's the alignment. You know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, right? Psalm 37, 4, 5, like that's... that's so their desires are good, but we have them. And to act like we don't have them is just not helpful and it's mm-hmm. not healthy. And it's just not, it's not living into your full self. Desires are good. And so leaving, like, like reflecting on your desires is what helps you know which ones are life-giving and which ones not. So the phrase that we yearn, uh, the phrase that we've been talking about is turning your stuff into stories mm-hmm. and turning your money into memories. So in my life, since Allison's parents are both deceased, she grew up having vacations, been growing up having those vacations, carried out memories that, that she's lived with to, large, to this very day because she had memories of her parents and times at the beach and times doing these things. And so learning from that, I thought, you know, we need to have memories. Um, so saving for time away is important to us, even when it's hard, not because we just want to travel. Now, Allison wants to travel, but it's not just because you want to travel, but because I want Ian to have the memory. Right, so there's a motivation behind the money, and the memory we're trying to create. Yeah. So we need to look at money motivation. Yeah. I and, mean, and look at desire. So you know, good good litmus test for that is if you're not going to remember that ten years from now, then don't do it. Don't spend the money. That's on that's it. good. That's fair. That's good. Right. That's good. I mean, Jamie and I have had conversations before where we wanted to do something and it was a bit more than we were willing to spend, and we were like, you know what, ten years from now, it's going to be with us. You know, so um, I think that's a good start. That's a good rule of thumb. Raise your hand if something's been helpful. Okay, good. Then you're done. Um, Because we're (laughs) out of time.
man, I'm glad y'all raised your hand. I'm like, well, that question get back for Jesus. <laughs> Jason, thanks so much for that, man. Seriously. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast.